All right. This is the second part of episode seven. Originally, I recorded this all in the same session and it just didn't quite um, fit in with episode seven. So this is episode seven, part two, the bonus episode, the time I got fired from True Detective. Enjoy. Okay, on a serious note, I want to talk about something that has been on my mind for a long time that I wanted to just tell people about. And I was going to talk about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but It was like Christmas time, around the holidays, going into the new year. I didn't want to be negative. Um, So I'm going to try to go ahead and talk about this. And I don't want it to be um, a negative experience for me or for you. Um, But I just want to get it off my chest so I can know that I've gotten it out. I don't have to talk about it anymore after this. And I can let it go, set it free and move on in 2021 with the weightlessness that I want to feel. So several years ago, I booked a show called True Detective. And this was the show on HBO starring Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Um, It was a hit. It was a really good show, I thought. Um, And it was... It did great. So I was booked on the show, but I was not on the show because I got fired. And I want to say this was the only time that I've ever been fired from a job on TV or in a film It's the only time I've been fired from an acting job. So it was a pretty, um, it was pretty shocking to me at the time. So I guess this must have been, what, 2014 maybe? I could look it up, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. It was several years ago. So I auditioned with the location casting director in New Orleans. That's where they shot the show. The first season, of course. They shot subsequent seasons and somewhere else. But um, the first season was shot in New Orleans. And I auditioned with the New Orleans casting director um, for a role 
called Kelsey Burgess. And this was somebody who worked in a strip club. And of course, everything at the time of auditioning was very hush hush. I didn't have the full script, um, as is, you know, routinely the case for actors auditioning um, regionally for a film or a TV show, but also in the case of like shows that they're trying to keep it, you know, very top secret under wraps, they they don't really give out the, the full script um, to the people who are auditioning. Um, so I didn't have the full script, but I had a couple of scenes and I auditioned. Um, and this was a character that Woody Harrelson's character comes into the strip club and starts asking her some questions uh, to find out some information about somebody. Um, basically, she tells him she doesn't know, and then he follows her when she leaves the strip club. And he follows her to some other location, and then some other stuff happens. Um, but that's basically the gist of it. So after I auditioned, I did, I was called back to do another audition. Um, I can't remember actually if I had two callbacks or one, but ultimately I ended up doing an audition in front of the writer, um, the director, which was Carrie Fukunaga and some other people I think were in the room and then they had an actor who was a guy that I knew actually from New Orleans uh, reading opposite me, which is not always the case in an audition. It usually is not the case in my experience that at a callback, they would have just an actor in there reading with you. It's normally the casting director or the casting assistant. Um, but in this case, they had an actor come in to read at the callbacks with the actors um, because they wanted to see us improvise. So, I mean, it was a long audition where um, he just, you know, we would do, we did the scene as it was written. And then he just started improvising all kinds of stuff and like asking me all kinds of unexpected questions and I would respond in character you know and he's like oh you don't know that guy and I'm like yeah I don't fucking know that guy I already told you that and if I did not I wouldn't tell you shit anyway so we're just going back and forth you know on and on and on and on and I ended up booking the job so I was very excited to do this show even though at the time of course, nobody knew how much it was going to blow up. Um, I was still very much looking forward to doing the job. So I went to my costume fitting um, in New Orleans a couple of weeks before the shoot date. Um, I think my character... I was supposed to work for two days and I went to my costume fitting, like I said, a couple weeks before we were supposed to start. And, um, 
I was a little bit surprised. I knew the character was a stripper, but at least I knew for sure in the second scene um, that I had read, she was, you know, walking to her car and like driving and going to somebody's house, like going somewhere else. So in my mind, although her occupation was that she's a stripper, the first time you see her in the first scene, she's in the dressing room. She's done working. And Woody Harrelson is talking to her. And in the second scene, she's gone. She's not even at the club. So I assumed that the costume for the character, you know, was not going to just be lingerie. But when I got to the fitting, all she had for me was lingerie and bikinis. So I was like, okay, you know, this is whatever. We actually, I liked some of the stuff and um, we actually picked our favorite one that ended up being used on the show, which was a, like a one piece, uh, like bathing suit with little ties on the front printed American flag. And you actually see that outfit in the opening credits of the show. They have that character, which of course it's not me because I got fired, but they have that character in the opening credits and she's wearing the American flag thing that I picked out. So I was feeling a little uneasy about this whole situation because at the time I was young. I was just starting out in my career. Um, and I am from the South, uh, which I don't have like a super conservative background. I don't have a religious background or anything like that. But my mom had always told me, like, don't do anything that you wouldn't want your grandparents to see. And, you know, I was like, all right. But I always felt pressure not to do anything lewd, you know, at that point, um, which I feel a lot differently at this point. This is almost 10 years later. Um... But yeah, at that time, I was feeling really uneasy about it because I started thinking, like, what am I going to be showing in this role? And it is standard practice that if a role requires nudity, that information has to be given before the actor's audition. That has to be included in the casting breakdown which is where they give descriptions of all the characters they're looking to cast. They have to include that. And that is a guideline from Screen Actors Guild, which is the labor union that all film and television actors are in. So there was nothing, you know, prior to the audition about there being nudity involved. But I started to wonder, this seems like there's going to be nudity involved. And I just wanted to know what I'm going to show up and have to do. So nobody could give me a straight answer. The casting director couldn't give me an answer. My agent couldn't get me an answer. 
And, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere when I was asking, you know, the people that I thought I was supposed to be asking. So the production manager or somebody had sent me an email with like something like a schedule or something that I was going to have to have leading up to the shoot. And I replied to that email and I was like, I need to know if there's going to be nudity involved or asked of me when I get there. And then I ended up getting in trouble for that. My agent called me and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'll be asking people. That guy doesn't fucking know. What are you doing? And I was like, well, somebody needs to tell me because I'm getting some weird vibes. Nobody could tell me anything. So I showed up on my first day and... We were supposed to be shooting at an actual strip club in New Orleans, and we were out in the middle of nowhere, and I go in my trailer, and I don't remember what exactly was the wardrobe or what was the situation that was in there for me, but whatever had happened, I had not put the clothes on. Because I wanted to know about the nudity. Um, oh, there were pasties. There were pasties or something in my um, dressing room. So they put the wig on me. I was I had this big, giant, like, sky-high curly wig. And they put fake nails on me. They put full body makeup on me. Because, again, at that time, I was just pretty much a fucking idiot. And I had just gone to South by Southwest the music festival in Austin, Texas. And I wore like a cage back crop top bralette and got a sunburn in the shape of like 45 checkered boxes on my back and I had a strap mark on top of my shoulder. So I had to have full body makeup put on to cover that up. Again, not my finest moments, um, professionally at that time either, but I was young, young, dumb, and just straight up foolish. Anyway, I needed to know about the nudity situation. So they told me we'll get somebody, um, to come and talk to you about it. So finally they were shooting something else while I was getting hair and makeup done. And then they broke for lunch, and the director and the producer um, pulled me aside, and they were like, what's going on? And I was like, I need to know if I'm going to be expected to do nudity today. I've asked and asked and asked, and nobody will give me a straight answer. So what's the deal here? And the director, Carrie Fukunaga, was like, yeah, you're going to have to be topless. Um, basically, everybody on this show goes topless. So your character's a stripper. You've definitely got to go topless. So you're going to have to do it. 
And I was like, no, I will not have to do it because nobody has mentioned this to me. It was never discussed. It was never negotiated. It's not in my contract. What the fuck? You can't just spring this on me on the day at the last minute. So he said, you can wear pasties and then we'll just show you like far away and it'll just look like you're nude. And nobody on the crew will be able to see anything. And I said, it's not that I don't want anybody here to see me. You know, I'll show my tits to everybody here if I had to do it. But I don't want to do it. It was not discussed. I feel like I'm being, you know, like railroaded into doing this right now. Um, why can't you just shoot me from a different angle? Why can't you shoot me from my back? You know, like, why do you have to do it this way? And basically they said, this is the way it is. It's going to be done tastefully, but it has, the character has to appear topless. So I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I've been misled. I've been lied to. And I'm not doing that. And they said, okay, well, go uh, eat lunch and we'll get back to you after lunch. So I did. And I thought they would come back and be like, okay, we decided we're going to shoot you from a different angle where we're not going to show your front nude. Um. Which, by the way, I, I did not buy the argument that everybody else is going topless on this show, which they did. We all know that if you've seen the show. They definitely did. But guaranteed, they weren't getting paid $800 a day. And it was negotiated and agreed upon what they were going to be doing before they showed up on set. So... I thought they would come back and be like, okay, let's do this, you know, in a way that makes you feel comfortable too. And, you know, considering how much um, I had done to, I felt like, prove myself in the audition, doing a lot of improvisation and really just, I, I felt like I was a great fit for the role. I felt like I had proven that. I felt like I had proven my talent and that I was ready to show up and, you know, meet wits with Woody Harrelson in the scene. And, you know, I was prepared to, like, really make this character my own and to make the role more significant than it had been written. And, you know, this was a big deal to me. Never in my wildest dreams... Did I think that they would come back after lunch and tell me that I was fired? But that's what happened. The producer came in my trailer and sat down with me and was like, we're, we're just going to end up having to go with somebody else. So we're going to let you get out of this wig and uh, you can sign out and just leave. And I was like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? 
And actually, I had turned down going to L.A. to go to the premiere of a movie that I had done. It would have been my first trip to L.A. This was like a huge thing that I had declined to go and do So because I was booked on this show. And I explained to him, I was like, do you know what I've given up to be here and do this job? He did not. He did not care at all. He was like, yeah, okay, well, all right. Thanks. Thanks for showing up. And that was it. And I think they pulled in an extra who may have been somebody that actually worked at that club. And I went into the makeup trailer and the woman who was doing my makeup, I can't remember her name. It was a British lady. I think she was the department head. And she was like, I think it's terrible what they're doing to you. And, you know, I said, you should not do this to that young girl. So she took the wig off of me and placed it on basically the other girl's head while I was (laughs) being asked to leave. And that was it. And I got in my car and left and I called my agent first as I was driving away and I told her what happened and she was like you did the right thing honey you don't you're not gonna be the girl who shows her tits on HBO and I was like okay you think I did the right thing she was like yeah you did I was like okay and then I cried and cried and cried and I called my friend Owen who was also working on the show on the same uh, I don't know if it was the same episode. He was on the show too. So he was around and I called him and I was just like sobbing. I was like, I just got fired. Oh my God. What are you doing? He was like, I'm at Texas Roadhouse. Come on over. <laughs> I went and met up with him and we just got fucking wasted. In true, true detective style, actually, got wasted. And he was staying at some, like, shitty motel. And we went to the shitty motel and drank whiskey. So that was traumatizing, to say the least. And I can't help but think, like, how my career might have changed or been different right now if that hadn't happened and you know I don't know the answer I I believe that everything happens the way that it's meant to and I do think that there was a purpose that all of that worked out the way that it did Um, because I think it pushed me in a different direction you know like all the roads that I've been on have led me to this moment and this place right here, right now. And I think that that it's meant to be, otherwise it wouldn't be happening. I really do believe that. So I know that it had to go that way. I just don't, I just don't, well, I think I do understand I think I do understand why it had to happen that way as part of the cosmic plan. But it was extremely disappointing for sure. And then once the show came out and everyone was like, 
oh my God, this is the best show ever. Have you seen this show? This show is so fucking good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, really good. Really good and really nice people too. So after I was fired and after I cried and got drunk about it, um, I ended up filing a claim with SAG uh, because I wanted to be paid for the full amount of my contract, being that I had been fired based on no action of mine. And based on the fact that this nudity thing was not properly negotiated and I was it was not disclosed to me before I auditioned for the role. And my agent had actually contacted the production and requested that they pay me for the other day. Mind you, we're talking about literally eight hundred and fifty dollars that they didn't want to pay me. The producer, she said, the producer laughed at her when she asked for the payment for the other day. And he said, she's lucky I paid her at all because they paid me for the time I had been on set that day. And I felt like I was just being rolled over because I was a young girl, because I was a local from Louisiana. I wasn't an actor with a big high-powered agent and attorneys from LA. I was just a nobody that they could just basically tell what to do, mislead, not pay attention to, and then just treat me however in service of what they wanted to do. Um, I did not feel like I was treated with respect at all. And it was just hugely disappointing. So that felt horrible to be fired from a show like that. Absolutely horrible. And for anybody who is in this business and who knows how hard it is, like, to have a successful career as an actor, especially when you're somebody who, you know, doesn't have like a ton of connections and doesn't have you know, a high-powered agent who's fighting on your behalf, you know, to get you jobs and get you in the room and get you meetings. When you get an opportunity like that, to be a part of a project like that and to have it taken away was just, oh my God, I can't even describe how terrible it felt. So I guess my message to, I don't know, anybody who ever might find themselves in that position, (laughs) I actually don't know. I don't know what the message is because now inevitably those people on that show thought I was an asshole. They thought that I was being difficult. They thought that you know, probably that I was being hysterical, that I was being unreasonable, that I didn't care about, you know, the artistic integrity of the scene. But 
that's that's wrong. I was entitled to know what was going to be expected of me before I got there. So I don't know. I guess the message is keep on going no matter who fires you or, you know, what you have to go through. All right, this episode has gone way long today. Anyway, I hope this was not... This was not meant to be a downer. It's just, I just wanted to tell this story because actually I listened to a podcast. There was an entire like season of a show about this guy who was an actor and he got fired from the show Band of Brothers, which I think was also an HBO show, but he got fired for a different reason. He got fired because Tom Hanks was directing it and he thought that the guy had dead eyes in his audition and the podcast is called Dead Eyes. <laughs> but after I listened to that, I mean, he made a whole series about investigating the cause of why he was fired and looking into it and whatever. And I just wanted to tell that story because that kind of stuff is devastating so that's basically it. I just wanted to tell that story. It's been weighing on me for several years. And I just want to get it out and just let it be known and move on. So it's coming on the heels of kind of a dark week as it stands in America you know, so I guess it's appropriate. But this year I'm leaving this behind. I'm leaving, you know, the, the darkness of the last four years in politics. And for me, the last several years um, of my career, which has been... Yeah, I'm just gonna admit it, it's been really slow. And I've been in a period of recovery for a number of years with my career. And I feel like it's just turning the page. We're turning the page right now on a new era, an era where I'm only going to work with nice people from now on. The last job I had on television was in 2019. I didn't do any acting in 2020. In 2019, I did an episode of a TV show with nice people and, you know, nobody tried to fuck me over, did anything mean to me. I worked with a wonderful um lady director the first time actually I had ever worked with a female director and it was such a lovely experience so all that to say that I'm breaking the chains of this bullshit that I have gone through 
And, you know, symbolically, we're breaking the chains of the bullshit we've gone through as a country these last four years. And the clouds are breaking. A new dawn is here. It's upon us. And it's only getting better from here. So with that, I'll leave you until next week. Um, wishing everybody lots of healing, reflection, and joy going into the weekend. <laughs>